Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 104 of Season 3 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee-ki our way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Patty Flint of the upcoming FFPS podcast. Welcome back to the show, Patty. Thanks, Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great, doing great. But uh, just shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> just shut it down now. So, Minute 104 begins with Walt still trying to save his ass and ends with Theo being giddy with excitement. So, yesterday, uh, most of the minute was an argument between, uh, you know, the Johnsons and the city workers with uh, a few, you know, jabs in the middle from uh, Robinson where they were trying to figure out what they're going to do. And, you know, the, the FBI wants to turn off all the electricity and Robinson isn't quite sure. And the city engineers are explaining to him that it's a little more complicated than they think. But, you know, that's the way it is. So the minute begins with our good friend Walt, you know, played by uh, Rick, the, the the late great Rick Dukeman, who says, I got a big problem down here. Shut it down. Shut it down now. And then, the you know, he's, he's basically pleading with, with uh, Central to, to follow through with uh, what he's asking for. He knows that he's in a lot of trouble if they don't, uh, you know, turn off this grid. So he might as well do it. But my biggest question is, is that how come Central doesn't need some sort of authorization? I mean, Walt can give them enough authorization <laughs> to turn off, you know, an entire 10 block square radius of, of electricity. Yeah, like, just, with the, just, just with the radio call, you know, I mean, I the, the, the notes I wrote down was how big a problem would it have to be? And surely you would have to have someone that says, you know, this problem has occurred, not, you know, just do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Walt's not that big a guy, surely. Correct. You know, and, and like he looks up and, and you, he looks up at Johnson as he's talking and you can see that he's like really scared that, mm-hmm. you know, because he's he's been threatened that he's going to lose his job. You know, but but still, and the tap the tapping foot as well. If you see that, the if there's an FBI agent tapping his foot in front of you, you're pretty much going to do as you're told. I would have thought. Well, as you said yesterday, maybe he's uh, you know uh, thinking of of uh, Madame Butterfly at the same time. Uh, absolutely, you know, sticking him in a nice cream freezer. Uh, could be. <laughs> Rock, Rocky Road. <laughs> Rocky Road. <laughs> right, I, lo- I love, I love <laughs> Chunk and Sloth. They're, they're just great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The fact that definitely. they named their kids Sloth is, or, or even nicknamed them Sloth is, it already says something about them. <laughs> it, that speaks volumes really about the jellies, doesn't it? Exactly. You have Jake, <laughs> Francis, and Sloth. <laughs> you know, if they would have been called, you know, like uh, Anger, Greed, and Sloth, okay, I could sort of understand that. Okay, you know, yeah. Miss Moffratelli wanted to have another four kids. She didn't manage it, you know, so, <laughs> so she, she only got three of the deadly sins out there. But still, I don't know. Don't know. Yeah. Uh, whatever. We're not, we're not here to talk about the Goonies, even though no. it, it is a fun movie to talk about. No question about that. And then the, the, the shot changes, and we get a shot outside of Nakatomi. And yeah. this shot baffles me. I have no idea what's really going on here because you see what looks like three different people, okay, uh, looking up at Nakatomi, and one of them is like waving. 
I don't know what he's waving at. You know, is he like trying to, you know, tell everyone, okay, come closer. I, I don't know who this is, you know, like, and, and one of them looks like maybe he has uh, an M16, the guy in the middle. But I yeah. can't figure is, I mean, could this be, uh, is that supposed to be Johnson in the back there just looking over as the lights are going out? You know, maybe, maybe that's what it is. I'm really not sure. It's, you know, it's really, it's, it's very, very dark. bizarre. Yeah. It's a very bizarre, a very bizarre shot. And did you notice how the streetlights don't turn out, but the building does immediately? Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, come on. Those those are powered by uh, by uh, aren't, aren't they powered by solar uh, units? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, but but I mean, just the, the shot of these three people, I have no idea who they are. It's it, you know, and then the shot changes, and we get to see uh, you know our good friend uh, John McClane wrapping up yep. his foot. And as he's wrapping up his foot, the lights go out and we get pitch black, mm. which is suspenseful. Uh, yes. Yeah. He's he's in an unfinished washroom. You know, he's mm. sitting on the sink. We see the, the the bloody wrapped foot, you know, sitting on the sink. There's tons yep. of papers strewn all over the floor and stuff like that. And then, you know, after a few seconds, we, we hear the sound of a female computerized voice saying emergency lighting activated. And, you know, John looks around a little bit. And so the first thing is, is I, I was looking around this, this uh, apparent bathroom, right? Did, mm. did you notice anything strange that's in there? What it, if you look around this, this bathroom that he's in, you know, that, that, that's a mess. It's for sure yeah. a mess. So like, what, but do you notice anything strange in, in the room? Well, I do a couple of things. Okay. So the first thing, this is a really good camera angle because they've not managed to, there are a lot of mirrors around this room in various reflections. You can see his back and then you can see all kinds of different sides behind him, but you can't see anything else, which I think is kind of clever. I like that. Yeah. Um, and there's also a full length mirror by the door where the blood drag marks come around. Mm -hmm. um, so he's obviously dragged himself in there and then. Well, we saw him up. drag himself in there. Yeah. You know, that, that we then, do see. You know, that's, that's the good bit of continuity there. Um, yeah, it might be messy just chucking stuff around, but I don't think it's really that much of a big issue to him at the time, you know? I think no, not not to him. It doesn't matter. I'm not worried about that. You know, I'm, I'm just looking at the, like, first of all, do you see that there's there's a ladder in there? Yeah, set steps, yeah. Yeah, now why would they need a ladder in this, in this bathroom? Like, why would they store it there? Okay, yes, they're in the middle of construction or whatever, but you're going to put it in the bathroom where you've already thrown all the pieces of paper. I mean, there's there's even like a styrofoam cup thrown on the floor there. Yeah. You know, someone had their coffee and decided to throw it on the, on the floor. From my experience on building sites, which is quite limited, but still, I've I've spent some time on them. Well, because you, you just do old. building in your own house where you, where you fall, you know, you fall off your own ladder. No, no, no! I've I've done worse than that. <laughs> no, you wait. You fell through the wait, wait, you fell through the roof. Yeah, I fell, fell through a ceiling in a hotel I was working in. There you go. There you go. Yeah, lots of fun that. Um, but you you see stepladders everywhere. Obviously not where I needed them, but you you still see them sort of randomly scattered. And coffee cups, man, they are everywhere. You know, right? You no, no, obviously. In the walls. Obviously, obviously. Now, uh, do, do you, what do you know about ladders? Uh, very little, but I'm sure you're about to educate me. <laughs> there, there are basically two types of ladders. You have you have rigid ladders and flexible ladders. Okay. okay. So the idea of of a, a rigid ladder is it's 
It's a ladder that is self-supporting or can be leaned against a vertical surface such as a wall. Okay. Um, and basically, if you have the, the flexible ones, they're, they're also known as rollable, rollable ladders, which can be mm-hmm. made of rope or aluminum. And they're, they're usually hung from somewhere in order to, you know, be able to climb, climb up those ladders and stuff like that. All right. Okay. Um, rigid ladders are, are usually portable. Uh, some of them are, are, are permanently fixed to a structure building or equipment, and they're usually made of either metal, wood, or fiberglass. Uh, but sometimes they're made of tough plastic also. Okay. Okay. Now, how far back do you think the history is of a ladder? Like, when do you think the first known uh, usage of a ladder was? Well, they were used in they were used in medieval sieges. I know that much. Um, they could have even been used back in Roman times, Egyptian time, maybe. So, you know, look, we're talking BC. Right. Okay. It goes even further back than that. They, they've actually found paintings from the Mesolithic uh, period, which are at least ten thousand years old, which wow, which show ladders. In them. okay. Okay, there, there, there's actually one of the paintings shows two humans using a ladder to reach a wild honeybee nest to harvest honey. Um, so basically, okay. the the ladder is depicted as being long and fe- flexible, and it they're not sure what it's being what it's made out of, but it could be made out of some sort of rope or grass or or something like that. But obviously, the type of ladders that we mostly deal with t- these days are you know uh, aluminum ladders and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Okay, there, there are tons of times types of letters. Okay, you have. I'm I'm just going to quickly go over the names of them. If there's any of them that you want me to elaborate a little more, good. You have accommodation ladder. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, assault ladder, uh, attic ladder, bridge ladder, boarding ladder, cat ladder, Christmas tree ladder, uh, counterbalanced ladder, extension ladder, which is also known as a telescopic ladder. Mm-hmm. Okay, a fixed ladder. A folding ladder, a hook ladder, which is also known as a pompier ladder, okay, which is uh, used usually by firefighters. That, that's okay. the thing. Uh, you have a mobile safety steps, orchard ladder, platform ladder, retractable ladder, roof ladder, step ladder, swim ladder, telescoping ladder, uh, which is usually a hybrid between a step ladder and an extension ladder, which has about 360 uh, degree hinges. Which can be taken apart, and they can then form two step ladders. Okay. okay. Uh, you have a trestle ladder, which is known as a an A-frame ladder. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you have a turntable uh, ladder, which rotates. You know, sometimes they have it on top of a fire truck when that would rotate there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Vertical rising ladder and an X deck ladder. Wow. Which is a combination of a ladder and a scaffold at the same time. Okay. okay. Um, rigid ladders are, are, were usually were originally made of wood, but in the 20th century they started using aluminum, and that became more common because it it was lighter. And nowadays you have ladders with fiberglass, which uh, you know when people are working with electrical things, uh, they they prefer to use them. <laughs> Makes things a little safer. Little safer. Little safer. <laughs> right. And then you have what we were talking about, the flexible ladders. So you have rope ladders, which are also known as Jacob's ladders. I didn't know that that was what they were called. Neither did okay. I. They're, they're used when, where storage space is extremely limited, 
weight must be kept to a minimum or in instances where the object to be climbed is too curved to use a rigid ladder. They may have rigid or flexible rungs. Climbing a rope ladder requires more skill than climbing a rigid ladder because the ladder tends to swing like a pendulum. Jacob's ladders uh, are used on a ship that, that, that are used on a ship are used mostly for emergencies or for temporary access to the side of the ship. Steel and aluminum wire ladders are sometimes used in vertical caving, having developed from rope ladders with wooden rungs. Flexible ladders are are also sometimes used as swim ladders on boats. Okay. Okay. You know, you can be getting 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 off the boat and going in there and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I I I found tons of stuff about ladders, but I don't think I I don't think we're going to go into all of it. It's a little That's a little a too much just information. Yeah, it's, it's, there's information about. Uh, uh, about the safety of letters and stuff like that. But yeah, but again, it, for me, it's just very strange that there is a ladder in this room. It shouldn't, hmm. it, it doesn't make sense that it's there. You know, that, that isn't the place where I would store a ladder. Yeah, I get it. You know, perhaps it was to put up the emergency lighting. To put on, <laughs> put up or put out. They put it up to to put in to put to create to to fit the emergency light and maybe that's mm. the last thing it was used for. Ah, okay, that's possible. That that that, that actually makes sense. Um, <laughs> so basically, at this point, you know, the the lights go off, they go back on. John starts looking around, trying to figure out what what is going on, and he yeah, picks up he picks I'm... up the CB, and thankfully he's actually pushing the button. Unlike other parts in the movie where he's talking without pushing the button, uh, here he does. He goes, Powell, Powell, talk to me. What's going on here? And then we hear the grumbling Powell go, ask the FBI. They got the universal terrorist playbook, and they're running it step by step. Yeah. You know, and he's he. you can tell he's being very sarcastic with the way that he's saying this. And he's really pissed off that, that this is what they're doing. So did, did, yeah, you do, did you do any search for what the universal terrorist playbook is? I did. Yeah. I, I did you really? I didn't. Okay. I I didn't Google it straight away because <laughs> you know you would you would have special branch here in the UK knocking on your door and asking you what you're doing, um, which is which is fair. Um, so I you know I I took some advice from a very good friend of mine who said Die Hard, Universal Terrorist Playbook, and it just gave me lots of quotes from Die Hard. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh well. I, I was trying to help. Up. I was trying to help. I was trying to help. I didn't say that you would find what you were looking for there. I said you can try it because you were scared well, to, did, to, to to search directly for it. So you know, it, it, it gave me it, it gave me a really strange vision in my head of some sort of nefarious, you know, um, like a like a terrorist <laughs> gateway, and then the coach, you know, like your sports coaches with your playbooks and your and your microphones on, and you're sort of going, yeah, you you in that country go and do that, you in that country go and do this, you know. It just it conjured up such a bizarre image for me of a of what a terrorist playbook would look like. You know, it's like the, uh, I suppose it's the playbook out of uh, the water boy, you know, um, yeah. Henry Winkler's playbook. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure they ever did one. I, it wasn't something I could find on Amazon either. So that was, that was kind of handy. Yeah. Again, it goes, it goes back to the whole idea. I mean, I brought the, I brought this up before and I'm sure it'll come up again. You know, how does Hans know that this is the, you know, the, the FBI's, uh, official policy, you know, that this is yeah, what yeah. they do, you know, like it's, it's not something that, you know, again, uh, you know, here we are 34 years later, you know, if you do a, a Google search, you will not find that you, 
as you said, you'll get, you'll get special services at your door, but you will yeah. not get <laughs> results of telling you yeah. what the, you know, what, what the, the, the FBI, uh, you know, plans are when they're in a terrorist situation and stuff like that. You know, so well, that's it, and and also, you know, you've you've got to think it's nineteen. Well, let's say he's been planning this for a good few years before the event, or a year at least. The internet's not very strong, I would have thought back then. It, you know, it's, it's non-existent to most people at that point. In exactly. Time. So you're thinking, okay, this is you know, they, I don't I don't exactly know how we'll find this information. I mean, surely. You're not going to have an FBI's FBI's tactics book in your local library, you know. I, well, you might. I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt you would. I, <laughs> my 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 theory is is that Hans uh, probably paid off somebody, you know, who has, uh, you know, who a disgruntled uh, former FBI uh, employee or something like an that. Inside man. Man. Well, no, not an mm. inside man. But just someone who used to be in the FBI who's disgruntled and they paid him off to get this information. You know, the yeah. inside man is a different story. I mean, we've, we've also discussed that. that. There's, You know, how does Hans know that there is, you know, $600 million worth of bearer bonds in the Nakatomi building? Yeah. You know, that basically, you know, we, we came up with a theory a few weeks ago that Bill Clay is actually the the, the inside man. And, you know, he gave the information to Hans and Bill Clay is now completely dead. So therefore, you know, that's why Hans knew he could safely use the alias of Bill Clay. Mm. Because nobody, you know, there, what were the odds that John McClane would know a dead Bill Clay? That's a good point. Yeah, so it, it could point. be. I, I don't know. I, again, this is just a theory, you know, um, spitballing it, as they say. Absolutely. You know, not necessarily something that 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 is a hundred percent plausible, but it's also not a hundred percent ridiculous. You know, it, yeah, it, it, on, it is, on that scene, on, on it that is scene, something very, missing. There's something yeah. missing there. On that scene, I was very confused as to what John McClane was looking around for. I mean, the guy's in a toilet. Essentially, he's in a he's in a washroom. I'm not entirely sure what he's looking for that will give him the solution to why the why the power's gone off. You know, <laughs> it's like that's right. It's it's a very strange look that he gives out. They always, you know, it just cracked me up at the time. I took one look at it and thought, "What's he actually looking for here?" Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and after Powell gives this this uh, uh, information, the 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 shot changes again we see the graphic again of the of yeah. of of the vault and it says electro electromagnetic steel engaged no local access and as the shot moves it actually you know opens up and things things start to change on this this uh, very primitive graphic you know the the mm. outside uh you know lightning bolts uh, basically disappear and we yeah. then it says electromagnetic seal release and Theo, you know, pumps his fist and says, "It's gonna go! It's gonna go! Yes!" You know, we hear like the 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 the, the latches unlocking, and you know, he's he's very very happy. Kristoff uh, turns around and, and looks at the the vault that starts to open. We see Hans in the back, also looking at looking on to watch as things are happening. You know, it's it's yeah, it's it's done very great, and and. What accentuates the whole thing is is that they actually start playing the music of Ode to Joy. 
you know, they very, do. very loudly. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a fanfare. It's definitely a fanfare. This is the sort of victory, the victory music. Yes. But do, do, do you realize that, I mean, I, I just wrote my note, Theo, worst sports fan ever. The the fake the fakery of his yes there. He sort of goes, huh. Yeah. No, but but we know he's a sports fan. Come on, he talks about the quarterback being thrown. Well, yeah, he talks but, about but he talks about he, you know uh, worthy uh, uh, worthy. Sorry, he talks about magic. worthy. Uh, you know, passing off the worthy. magic. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, the quarterback is toast. We we get that too at some yeah. point. But then you know this yes that he does it just looks like the fakest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I do like that. No local access except from right outside via radio. You know, exactly. <laughs> just, a, just, a, and and if the script was there, it'd be even worse because it would be two giant levers. You know, and I don't know where you would find giant levers down a manhole cover, but that's that's kind of what they tried to do. Yeah, um, I, ha- I have a few questions on this one actually. So, so there's a draft that comes out, and there's all this noise, and there's all these sounds of the of the vault opening. You know, is it like this every time they have to get something out of the vault? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Is it, you know, is is there Ode to Joy playing in the background? You know, I've only gone in there to grab some files. Or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a very good uh, good question. I mean, the you know, the, the, and they do it really nicely also, the way that they, you know, they keep changing the shot and they show each of them separately. We see Christoph, then Theo, then Hans. You know, we hear the yeah. claxtons blaring, you know, as as the, you know, as as the shots keep changing. And stuff like that, and and all of these these three terrorists, all three of them are are in both awe and amazement, you know yeah. that that it actually worked. I don't think they 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 completely believed that Hans's plan was going to work. Yeah, Hans himself might not have believed it. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, I I did wonder what are they looking at? You know, whether there was uh, I was I was half expecting the vault door to open and Johnny Five would be back there or or <laughs> something really weird. Well, what I would say is, is that if that maybe it's uh, you know the briefcase from uh, Pulp Fiction. Maybe you know. <laughs> it's, it's a different color. Think, yeah, the, maybe yeah. maybe wasn't enough gold in the shop. But exactly. I, I think uh, I think yeah, it's you know I, I, if, if they know this plan and Hans knows this plan, he knows what's in there. Surely he would know what else is in there. Correct. So Correct. There, but he didn't care about the rest of the stuff. Have. You know he well he, no this is true. He just wants the bear. I, I think. It, I think it must be the the thought that he is finally so close, you know, after all of the hassle that John's caused and after all of the, the planning and the meticulous detail and the expenditure for everything and buying, you know, missiles and all, all the other things that he's obviously had to buy. He's now finally seeing what he's been after. Yeah, for sure. And then he takes like Hans takes one step forward. And the, the music still plays and everything is moving and stuff like that. And the, yeah. the three of them are all looking inside. And, you know, you have, you have Hans's hair, you know, uh, <laughs> blowing in the wind. Yeah, it's from, like from an all the air From all the air coming out of out of the vault, you know, yeah. which, is, which is great. But if you look at it, the, the air is coming from behind him, not in front of him. So that, yeah. that's even stranger. And he's you know, got a bit of a kind of he's got a bit of a kind of boy band kind of look going on. You yeah, know this for sure. Yeah, 80s boy band kind of look, you know? Yeah, for sure. And <laughs> and then, you know, Theo looks on 
And, you know, he just goes, Merry Christmas. Yeah. In a, in a kind of little Timmy kind of way or a little, what's his name from, uh, oh, what was his name from Christmas Carol? Oh, yeah. Timmy. Uh, t- Tim, t- Tiny Tim, isn't it? Tiny Tim. Merry it's, Christmas, it's, no, everyone. It's, it's Tiny Tim. Yeah, I think it's Tiny Tim. Yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody. And and they, they play the music really well here because the there there's like a, a beat that the that yes. the music stops in order for him to say Merry Christmas as the you know the the music is playing. Yeah, and it just really works, and it it's pretty comical because it looks as if they're you know they really are looking at a miracle here. That type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the shot changes and we see both Johnsons walking down the, the side of, of I guess the mountain with uh with with uh, Robinson in tow. And yeah. John, you know, Johnson little Johnson turns to big Johnson and goes, Those bastards are probably pissing in their pants right now. Yeah. And Not unless he, they've read, he is. They've read the Sorry, book, that's, they uh, Big Johnson says that. And yeah. it's, it's just really funny. He's He feels so sure of himself with this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got the look of Dwayne in the back, the worried. Yeah. And he's only concerned wor- about himself. And and, yeah. and he goes, the mayor's going to have my ass. <laughs> this this is the line. You see, I mean, we, we make a lot of sort of, we make light of it a lot in the UK about the mayor's going to have my ass. But you see so many TV shows, so many movies, it's there everywhere. It's like, it's almost like it's sort of ingrained in American culture. Any cop movie's got to have, the mayor's going to have my ass yeah. written all over it. Or the <laughs> lieutenant's going to have my ass or the captain or the, you know. Somebody, somebody's going to have my ass. <laughs> someone, yeah. Someone, I've, I've got all the way up to the top of my career, but someone's still there to, to have a piece of my ass. Right. And I, I, <laughs> completely. And I love the way that, that you see them. They're still walking past Powell's car that is still, yeah. you know, uh, propped up against the wall there. Nobody's, nobody's <laughs> tried to move it. It's a good, you know, with all the bullet yeah. holes in it and stuff like Twist that. Cheese. Yeah. Completely. And, <laughs> and then the, the shot changes and we see Theo running into the vault. It completely giddy and excited. You know, yeah. and as he runs in, he runs up to one of the sides of of something on one of the shelves, and that's where the minute ends. Absolutely. So it's 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 great the way that they do this here. So, do you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into uh, the the script? No, um, I think we've covered just about everything there. Okay, so the the script talks about the fact that the you know the lights go out as as we mentioned yesterday. It's a little out of order. That happens before the the lights fully go out. Okay, and then mm-hmm. you know we, then we have the vault room, and it says the uh, the LED readout on the safe changes to fiber optic time lock deactivated at source seventh lock disengaged. Which again, it doesn't make a difference, but it is more descriptive there than mm-hmm. the way they do it in the movie itself. Okay, and then it says, with a dramatic hum worthy of 2001, the vault door opens. It's a very specific descriptive there. Yes. Well, they're, they're talking about the music, you know, from Kubrick, so what can we do? Yeah. And, and then when they show Johnson outside, you know, uh, looking, it says he's looking at, the, looking at the building. He goes, that should shake him up with all the power shut down. Those bastards are probably scared. <laughs> yeah. 
And then the description of what happens in the vault room, it says the safe door finishes its ponderous move, clunks to a halt. Theo and Christoph laugh, Christoph laugh, give each other high fives. Even Hans loses his usual cool, slaps Theo on the back as Theo and Christoph cheer. So it's it's an interesting way. I mean, I don't, I, I it's hard for me to, to actually imagine Hans acting that way. You know, yeah, even, me too. Even, clapping uh, Theo on the shoulder and stuff like that. You know, I mean, this is something that we've talked about many times over the last few weeks that Hans probably has not told everybody the entire plan. You know, he's the only one who knows everything and, you know, they have to trust him. So, Mm. you know, he's, he, he still has to keep his distance, you know, from the, the other, uh, I guess, terrorist thieves, whatever you want to call them. You know, yeah, so he can't be definitely. can't be overly friendly with them. You know, there has to but be I, some sort of of you know uh, uh, distance between uh, Boston worker, I guess you can say, or lead yeah, terrorist well, uh, well, and, and uh, co-terrorist. You know, <laughs> mercenary and and contractor, I guess. No, it um, could be. Well, one that really stands out to me is is when you look at Hans. And you know he, you're right. He shouldn't have ever broken from character in that way. That's it. Just wouldn't be. It wouldn't be right. It wouldn't be in keeping with the character. But he also has that look. And I and 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 I had this thought when I was looking at the minutes I was supposed to be uh, studying up on. Of course. Do you think Hans's character would think about how much more money they were getting for every one of the bad guys that got killed? Um, we, we we've talked about that. I think that 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 is something that has gone through people's minds. You know that the, the mm. shares have, uh, you know, have gone up, increased some, yeah, increased in value somewhat, yeah. Yes. And right. I, I wonder. I mean, he, I, I think Alan Rickman, the way he, the way he portrayed Hans, has got, he's, he's definitely calculating that in the back of the head, back of his head. You yeah. Know, you can, you can almost sort of, I suppose you could pre- assume that that's what he was doing all the time. Right. You know? Unless, unless Hans says that for every man who dies, I get their share. Yeah, that's oh, possible well. too. Yeah, the well, he's the he's the ideas guy. That's you right. never know. That's right. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So every Thursday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where my guests will give a little uh, story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, or something that might have happened to them over the course of their lives, uh, somehow related to the holidays. So you got a story for us, Patty? I do. Um, as you know, I was a. a a dog handler in the Royal Air Force for a long, long time. Um, we are known for our bizarre sense of humor in some cases. And it was a Christmas holidays. I had been tasked to work. So I was, you know, I wasn't, my family were at home. I was out on an airfield protecting aircraft as we used to do. So I decided to get in the holiday spirit. It was quite a mild Christmas. This was Christmas night. It was quite a mild Christmas night. Um, so I was in a, uh, an elf hat, you know, the, the jingly elf hats with the bells mm-hmm. um, and my dog, my, my hundred pound German shepherd had a set of clip on antlers, you know, the ones with the, the hoops. <laughs> so he was, he was wearing these antlers and I was walking around with my hat on. Um, I think it was the same one that was it Carl at the start with the jumper, the guy that got killed at the start. No, that was Tony, 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 Tony. Yeah, with his with his, the hat that was down. Um, I had I had the same sort of thing as that, and I'm walking around and there's the jingle of bells and things, and I'm feeling quite festive, even though I'm in military uniform in the middle of some Scottish airfield. 
and an officer came out to, uh, well, basically tell me off. And he, he came out because we're, you ever heard of foreign object debris? <laughs> um, it's basically stuff that can get sucked into aircraft yeah. to cause, cause accidents. And we're not supposed to wear headwear while we're out on this patrol area. So I'm stood there with my dog and this officer comes out and he says, you're not supposed to be wearing that corporal, blah, 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 blah. And basically starts shouting at me and he took one look at me and then he looked down at my dog, saw the antlers, looked back up at me again. And I kind of jingled my head for a bit. And he said, you really shouldn't be wearing that. And I said, but sir, it's Christmas. How will Santa know where to find me? And the, <laughs> the officer just sort of looked at me, raised an eyebrow, said something about dog handlers and then walked off. <laughs> it just kind of left me to it. <laughs> so there you go. That was my festive. That's my festive season. Very nice. Very nice. That's great. And okay. So since Patty wasn't with us on, on Monday, so we're, we're going to, we're going to go back in time a little bit and we're going to go to, uh, you know, uh, uh, die hard on a Monday and we're going to find out, uh, you know, what Patty seems to think are the five best, uh, die hard doppelganger movies. So what, mm. what, what have you got for us? Well, I think you'll be able to learn quite quickly from me that, that, there's an Air Force theme running through these or quite a military theme. So I've got executive decision at number five. Okay. Okay. You know, I, I think, I, I don't know whether it's an unwitting hero, but there's certainly a, a raft of bad guys and, and a situation where it's very time orientated. Um, Air Force one, same, same idea, same thing. Um, really. I, I don't know whether you could say a really good bad guy, but, you know, a, an incredible bad guy again. Um, Olympus has fallen at number three. I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't think much of it for a long, long time. I kind of went, yeah. But, you know, once once I'd gotten into it, seen it a couple of times, it, it just, something just sort of clicked for me. I was like, yeah, this is this is Die Hard in the White House. <laughs> or, yeah. or, you know, uh, Passenger 57. Wesley Snipes, you know, against the world, against baddies everywhere. Really good bad guys. Um, again, good, you know, die hard on a plane. Time limit, sort of geographically limited. You know, you've got to be kind of, you've got to be kind of on the ball. And he just, you know, Wesley Snipes is amazing in it. And at number one, weirdly, I've, I've got Under Siege. Um, okay. Stephen Skull. It's not just due to uh, Erica Eleniak getting out of a cake, okay? I just thought I'd put I'm that out happy there. to hear that. Any of, my, any of my friends would probably say that's probably because Erica Eleniak climbing out of a cake. But, no, I, I think it's great. I think uh, uh, Tommy Lee Jones plays a fantastic bad guy. Just the craziest side, you know, just it, more psychopath and sociopath. And, uh, you know, that really resonated with me. He was a rock and roll bad guy. Which, yeah. which I really quite liked. That's true. Um, yeah, and that's it. All right, great, excellent. But, so, I've, but I've I've also got a list for you, Rob. Okay. Well, why don't we save it for tomorrow? Why don't we save it? For oh, tomorrow? we can save it for tomorrow. Okay, yeah, 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 let's do that. We'll save that for tomorrow. <laughs> give me give me a little time to you know prepare myself for for whatever okay. list you're about to throw at me, since since I honestly have no idea what what you're going to throw at me. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. All right. <laughs> okay. Very good. So you want, you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? 
Sure, I have recently created the Flint Family Pet Services podcast, P-A-W-E-D-Cast, um, dog training, all that kind of good stuff. Um, I am available on www.flintfamilypetservices.co.uk or find me on Facebook under the same name. All right, and finding me is quite simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on, on Twitter, or you can go directly to my website, movearoundminute.com. So, Patty, you feel like coming back again tomorrow? Uh, I don't know if I want you to come back tomorrow because you're going to surprise me. <laughs> but, you know, and I, I, I guess I got to give you the opportunity anyway. You want, you want to come wouldn't, back again tomorrow and finish off the week? Wouldn't miss it for the world. Excellent. All right. So, <laughs> until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay.